Log Talk Radio. You're listening to Trucking 101, surviving your first year with hosts Rick and Melissa Grimm. We'll talk about safety, managing your money, and real life out on the road. Our group has over 100 years of combined real-world driving experience. You've got questions, we've got answers. Hello and welcome to Trucking 101, surviving your first year. The show that will not only help you survive, but thrive in your first year. My name is Rick, and beside me is my lovely wife, Melissa. Our mission is to find and pass along knowledge to new drivers that will make them the safest drivers on the road and provide a firm stepping stone into a successful career. This show not only provides advice to new drivers, it is also an outlet for experienced drivers who want to share their knowledge. We can talk about safety, managing your finances, living in the truck, hours of service and compliance, and anything else you want to talk about. If you have a question, a comment, a topic, or a suggestion, press 1 and we'll get you on the show. As we have stated, our mission is to find and and help make the new drivers the safest drivers on the road. With that in mind, Tonight is the first of our new monthly compliance shows with our special guest, host Dale Howard. I got a star on my car and a one on my chest. Gun on my hip, man, the right to arrest. I'm the guy who's the boss on this highway. So watch out what you're doing when you're coming my way. My best to keep you driving slow. I'm just doing my job on the highway patrol. Now it's time for everyone's favorite DOT officer. 23 years in law enforcement, seven years as a commercial transport officer. He was a CBSA instructor and has conducted thousands of roadside inspections. He now serves in the driver's side of our industry, Mr. Dale Howard. I'm just doing my job. Yeah, I'm the highway patrol. Hey, Dale. Hey, good evening. Thank you so very much for such a lovely introduction. And Rick and Melissa, thank you very much for everything you do for the new driver. It's just so refreshing to have somebody reach out and and touch or reach out to that group and get them them started on the straight and narrow and and give them that, that help they need. Hey, tonight I thought we'd talk about pre-trips. And what we should start with is pre-tripping ourselves. You know, it's the, uh, gosh, the 12th of November, and uh, winter is going to be here any day now. Uh, Up here in Canada today, it was 63 degrees, and just a gorgeous day, but I know sooner or later, it's coming. And with the temperature changes and the season changes, you know, you, you're very susceptible to that ugly and annoying cold and flu. So before we start a trip, we got to ask ourselves, are we on top of our game? Are we feeling good or are we fighting the flu and, and fighting the cold? And I'm here to tell you, there is nothing worse than being sick in a truck. And it's okay for truck drivers to take a sick day. And we've got to be careful if we're self-medicating ourselves and a lot of these over-the-counter medications you can't take with a CDL. So if you feel that cold or flu coming on and you're trying to fight it and you're trying to work through it, you know what, take a day, take a day off. And I'm not above getting a hotel room when I'm not feeling good because just being jammed in that little sleeper just ain't a good place to be. And you know what? Yeah. That and you know that is actually that's actually required, right? Like if you got pulled over and you're sitting there with your head hung down and and stuff, you're in violation. You're you're in violation, right? Well, sure, because technically you're impaired. You're just not on top of your game. Your reflexes aren't there. And yeah, if you're sick, you you just don't need to be out on the road. And, you know, we don't ever think about that. We just walk through the pharmacy aisle and, well, geez, maybe I'll try this. And I saw this ad on TV and this stuff looked pretty good and it's going to cure me. 
before we take anything, make sure that uh, you go up and talk to the pharmacist and let them know, hey, I've got a CDL and I can't be less than 100% when I'm on the road. Is this going to give me problems? Because if, you know, if you wind up taking stuff, you're not feeling good, you're not thinking straight, you take something and you're in an accident and you go down for your mandatory drug test and things show up that shouldn't be there, boy, we're in a world of hurt just because we had the flu and we were trying to feel better. Yeah. Well, I had a so, question about that. Yes. Well, I had uh, a couple of years ago, I had bronchitis, uh, and I went to the doctor and he gave me a prescription. And uh, I don't remember what it was, but it was one of those ones that was supposed to make me drowsy, and I wasn't supposed to take it before I drove or operated heavy machinery, you know, that whole thing. So, uh, yep. so I took it right before I started my 10-hour break. Now, I was supposed to take it twice a day, but obviously I couldn't take it right before I drove. So I just took it right before I started my break, and then I suffered through uh, my, my driving shift. What do you think about that? That could have come back to bite you because, you know, that would still be in your system. And, uh, yeah, push comes to shove, you get called in for a random drug test or, you know, heaven forbid, an accident, and there's traces in your system. Yeah, it's it just you really need to be on top of your game and not out driving. And, so and even if sure, it is a prescription, you, uh, you can't take it even if it was prescribed. <laughs> Boy, you know, there's a lawyer starving to death on every street corner, and it yeah. just opens you up to, you know, a lot of aggravation you don't need. And, yes, it's been doctors prescribed, but, uh, yeah, it's you just don't need that kind of aggravation in your life. You've got enough things going on. And, you know, maybe you have a heart-to-heart with your, with your doctor and the pharmacist. You know, is there something else I can take that will give me the same results but not, you know, give me a problem if I'm, you know, if I'm in a, in a, uh, in a problem and wind up getting a drug screen, you know, and that's just those little things, you know, as a new driver, as an entry level driver, we'd never think about that. And, and then all of a sudden we're caught and, and in trouble. So just, just something to be aware of. And, uh, you know, a shameless plug for, uh, for Kevin and Kim, uh, this, you know, Destination Health, you know, now that winter is coming, it's so, you know, it's just that much more important to, you know, let's take better care of ourselves so that we don't wind up sick. Um, I'm on the uh, I'm on the program and down 37 pounds so far. Uh, just another shameless Woo-hoo. plug. And, uh, Congratulations. You know, yeah, I feel a lot better, and, uh, you know, I don't feel like I'm 90 years old anymore. And, I, uh, yeah, I'm hoping by the CMC next year that uh, Kevin's going to have to buy me some new coveralls, a lot smaller, and I won't curse him so bad when I'm crawling under trucks because I feel a lot better now. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, let's, uh, you know, let's not forget about pre-tripping ourselves because it's not all about, all about about the equipment because we're the most important part of the equipment and if we're not feeling good and if we're feeling like crap you know we're just not going to go out there and do a good job and as weather conditions change and road conditions change you just need to be on your game because you know when we go from dry pavement to wet pavement to slippery pavement if you're not feeling good you're just not there so if you're not if you're not feeling good, take a day off, and you know nobody's going to take away your birthday for having a sick day. Yeah. <laughs> so now that we've pre-tripped ourselves, and we're we're 100 percent and we're ready to go, let's go to the truck. And I harp about this, but I will solve all of your problems if you will just do a pre-trip. And again, as the weather's changing it becomes more and more important to make sure that, uh, you know, all our lights are working and all our lights are clean. Uh, Every time I get out of the truck and uh, do my walk around, 
I usually take a handful of paper towel. When I clean my windows in the morning, I'll take that wet, soggy piece of paper towel and I'll throw it in the jockey box. And Halfway through the day, I'll get out and I'll pick that up and, and my can of Windex. And, and I just go around and clean all the lights. And that conspicuity tape, the red and white reflective tape that's on the side of the trailers, I make sure that's all wiped off. Because again, if we're involved in an accident, the lawyer that's starving to death on the side of the highway is going to look at that and go, oh, well, what if that was clean? Would my drunken client still have driven into the side of you? And all we've done is introduced that shadow of doubt, and somebody on a jury can go, oh, maybe he wouldn't have. You know, I had no outcome of the accident, and, and that just drove me crazy in court because I actually had to sit through that and listen to stuff like that. And you take a perfectly survivable incident and shoot yourself in the foot because you were lazy and didn't do something, and and then wonder why now we're in trouble and there's a lawsuit and people are spending money. So, you know, we got to walk around the truck anyway. So while we're kicking our tires and, and having a look around at things, clean that stuff off. Make sure all our lights are working. Make sure our tires are, are in good shape. Uh, traction, you know, I run up here in, in horrible weather and horrible road conditions. And yeah, tires are, are very important this time of year because last thing you want to do is lose traction and wind up chaining up. So tire, you know, tire pressure, Again, very important because that has a bearing on uh, on how our tires perform when things are slippery. Uh, you know, the uh, grab handles and, and make sure the steps are all clean and clear of ice and snow. Uh, you know, we're running in that wet, sloppy spray and all of a sudden now the truck is nine feet wide and there's ice hanging off of everything. When you get out of the truck, before you take that one giant leap for mankind, have a look down and have a look at that step. And we've got our three points of contact. We've got a hold of the steering wheel. We've got a hold of the grab handle. Just stamp your feet on that, uh, on that step and knock that ice down and, and get back down to traction. And then when you step down to the next step, do the same thing and, and stomp that all off and get that cleaned up. And then be so very careful getting in and out of the truck because things are slippery. And again, you're just in a world of hurt if you get halfway up and your feet go out from under you and now you're down on the ground and yeah, you're going to have a very unpleasant yeah. trip. I can attest to that. Uh, oh. on ice and falling right on your, you know, Right on your backside, is yeah. absolutely no fun. So you want to be careful. Uh, and grabbing onto those grab handles that saved me one time because I slipped on a step, but I had a good firm grip on on the grab handle. My feet went out, but I was still holding onto the handle, so I I didn't go to the ground. But yeah, those grab handles uh, they're a big help. Oh, and it's and and you know really pay attention to your surroundings and you know what i'm guilty as charged and if you could see me now i've got my hand raised in the air because i was doing a uh, court prisoner transfer uh stint for a week and i was uh went out and pre-tripped the van and and got it all ready to go and was just getting ready to jump in the van and boy my feet went out from under me and my partner said it was the neatest thing he's ever seen because all of a sudden I went from <laughs> horizontal to perpendicular to flat on my back like a fish. And, you know, wound up in the hospital, broke my tailbone because I tried to drive my handcuff case through my back. And, oh, yeah, oh. it was it was ugly. So, yeah. yeah, Rick's got a good one for that, too. He first started driving. What did you forget to do when your first couple of months of driving? You got out of the truck. You forgot you were in a truck? Yeah. I just stepped right out the door, man. <laughs> just like he was in a car. He just stepped oh. right out. Down he went. <laughs> he actually I was looking at, I was, it was, you know, I didn't learn to learn to uh, back very well when I was in training. And I was looking at the place I was going to have to back into. And I was so shocked by how hard it was going to be that I just wasn't thinking about what I was doing, man. I just stepped right out the door and just, bam, I 
Whoa, that was a long drop. Well, at least it landed on your feet. <laughs> wow. And, and, you know, Rick, that's, a, that's an excellent point. You know, your mind's preoccupied, and you're, you're thinking about things, and you're not paying attention. And, boy, that could have really gone bad for you. You know, you break a leg, break an arm. Now what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. So, I yeah, this time of year, oh, yeah, yeah, the possibilities are just endless. Yeah. And and this time of year, when, you know, we go from great driving conditions to just absolute horrible driving conditions, you just, yeah, you, it's so important to uh, to pay attention. Um, I remember one shift, I wore every piece of kit that my agency issued me. There was just that much weather change from the start of my shift to the end of my shift. You know, you went from mm-hmm. a snowsuit to to you couldn't put enough clothes on. To the end of the shift, there was a Chinook blue in, and uh, I was in shirt sleeves. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And when we're driving around, you know, we go from those those uh, severe conditions. So, you know, really, really watch that stuff. And when you're reaching to hook up glad hands and check light electrical cords. Again, really make sure we got that three points of contact because when you're leaning over a fender and you're you're rattling things and and trying to trying to get a glad hand to seat, if your feet go up from under you, you wind up smacking your chin on the fender. Ask me how I know this, and no. uh, yeah, again, it's it's a rather unpleasant experience. And then you're face first in the parking lot, trying to look graceful with a mouthful of gravel. <laughs> <laughs> so but by the grace of god go i so yeah, yeah. let's uh you know to uh for anybody that ever watched hill street blues hey let's be careful out there and there was yeah. never a truer statement never a truer statement issued yeah, so, hey, uh, hey dale we actually uh do have a question on the line going all the way back to the start do you want to go ahead and take that question Sure, let's do that. All right, we got Leo on the line in New Jersey. He's got a question about cough and cold medicine. Hi, Leo, you're on the air. Hi, guys. Love your show. Hi. Hey, Leo, thanks for calling. Uh, thank you, Dale, for reminding remind us that this is many stuff we should know by now. And I have a comment on the uh, cough medicine. Uh, I used to be a clerk on a, one of the big change pharmacy stores and we keep the medicine, the cough medicine, the, they contain several F-drinks, F-drinks uh, behind the counter. You can buy it, but there's so much you can buy and we have to take note because F-drinks is one of the main ingredients that make meds. So that's, that's uh, I think that's, that's what you were referring to when if you said medicine, cough medicine you don't want it to have any system. Yeah, and that's, and, you know, it's when we're not feeling good, we just don't even think about that. And, you know, the the task at hand is I just want to feel better and I want to quit trying to cough a lung up out of my chest and just give me something that will make the pain go away. And then all of a sudden, wow, we've we've got something in our system that shouldn't be there. Yes. Yes, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's a very good, very good uh, thing that you remind us. Uh, thank you so much, Dale. I'll keep listening. Hey, thank you. You're, you are so right, very thank welcome. You, thanks, for, uh, thanks for jumping in there. Because, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, we're just feeling like crap, and, and darn, I just want to feel better. So just make this stop. And, yeah, it's so quickly done. And, you know, we're we're now working our way back down the trailer and, and we're making sure that the conspicuity tape's clean and and you know what? If we gotta do that two or three times a, a day during a trip, then that's what we gotta do. And now sometimes with more. Uh, sometimes a lot more. Uh yeah. you know, now that uh, all of these trailers have the LED lights, on the back ends, if we're traveling in that white light fluffy swirly snow uh the back end of that trailer gets coated pretty quick 
and all of a sudden we don't have any more lights back there because they're all packed in snow. Something I did and and will do because I'm headed back out doing long haul over the road here at the end of the week is I've got a small little whisk broom that I use for sweeping off my floor mats and just taking some of the snow and stuff off the steps and I keep that in the jockey box and I'll carry that around with me for just this occasion of, of digging out those lights and making sure that we've got no snow build up on the back end and and clean that conspicuity tape up off the back end because we've all well all of us seasoned guys uh, have come up on the back end of a trailer and all of a sudden wow there he is it's a white trailer it's snowing everything is white and his taillights and everything are jam-packed full of snow and we're on top of them before we see him so it's uh you know if you're in those conditions every you know every hour it doesn't hurt to <clears throat> excuse me if you've come across a rest area just duck in there get out take a walk around and and make sure that uh, everybody can see who we are that the lights are dug out and and the lights are clean um something else to look for now that we're doing our walk around and and uh and our pre-trip is uh if somebody else has brought this trailer in and uh, they're out hours and we're doing a relay and we're hooking onto it and we're going to carry on. If, uh, if they've been driving in the spray and it's freezing, the airlines that go back to our sliding rear suspension on the trailer, all of a sudden now those airlines get real heavy and quite often they're very close to dragging on the ground. So if they're all coated in ice and, uh, you know, take your pin puller and start knocking the ice off the airlines because, again, if they make contact with the road and rub a hole through the line and your brakes dynamite while you're going down the road at 60 miles an hour, things are going to get real busy real quick. Mm-hmm. And that's less than desirable. So just, uh, you know, be aware that the uh, the ice and the snow and the slush is going to build up on those and and when you're doing your walk around, make sure that they're uh, those lines are free because even if they don't uh, you know they don't drag on the ground, sometimes you'll get enough ice built up on them that they'll actually just snap and break off at the fitting. And you got a service call, you're on the side of the road. It's just a never a good place when it happens. And uh, yeah. So <clears throat> we're going to make sure the back of the trailer is clean. Tires are all in good shape. I urge every one of us to go to AutoZone and buy a tire chalk. It's just like a great big crayon. And a lot of the fleets will give them to you. I know uh, one carrier I was leased to issued everybody three of these at the beginning of the season. And what you want to do is put a mark on the tra- on the side wall of the trailer tire. So we're, we're checking that area. We take our tire chalk and we mark that tire. We go around, we clean all the lights out of the back. Same thing on the other side. We check those tires, put a mark on those tires, clean off the lights, and the conspicuity tape, work our way up to the side of the truck, make sure the taillights on the back end of the truck are clean, tape on the mud flaps are clean, condition of our tires is where we want them to be, knock the snow and ice and stuff off the uh, passenger side steps, and uh, mirrors are all clean, headlights are clean, fluid levels are all good under the truck. So now we hook up to our trailer and we're ready to go down the road. Release the trailer brakes, drive ahead five feet, set your brakes again, get out, and walk around the trailer again, and make sure that that mark has moved. Because if that mark is in the 12 o'clock position, just like you left it in, that wheel, the brakes are frozen, and if you carry on down out of the yard and down the road, you're going to skid those two tires off, 
and it's going to be a service call. The safety department's going to come out, and you're in trouble. Hmm. The carrier I was leased to, they usually every winter had twenty to thirty thousand dollars worth of skidded tires. And it's just totally preventable with that tire chalk. Uh, I myself picked up a trailer in the yard, and uh, somebody had skidded the tires flat. And it's a brand new trailer, two brand new tires, skidded right down to the cords. And mm-hmm. yeah, we can we can prevent that with a piece of chalk. Yeah. So yeah, that's a that's a find, great tip. Uh, nobody ever told us yeah. that when we were new. That's for sure. Yeah, and you know what? Even if you don't, if you don't have a piece of chalk, or you know, just take take your finger with your glove and put a line on the rim, because you know there's going to be enough dirt on the tire or dirt on the rim to just make a mark and make sure that mark moves, because otherwise you're sitting on the side of the highway with a set of skidded tires and everybody's mad at you. And uh, again, the carrier I was leased to. They build you back, and you just bought those two tires, and you paid the road call, and so they really took that serious. You lost your safety bonus, and yeah, it just again, you know, it cost them twenty to thirty thousand dollars a year, and it's it's so preventable. So now the question should be in somebody's mind: Okay, smart guy, the brakes are locked. Now what do I do? So. What you can do is take your hammer and you're going to make sure that the tractor brakes are set and you're in a good, safe place. You can get under the trailer and you can just tap the drum with the hammer and that will usually release that frozen brake. Pull ahead another five feet, get back out and make sure that wheel's turning. And if it's still not turning, you know what? You may have to uh, get somebody out and uh, have a road call and uh, or get somebody out from the shop and, and they'll do whatever has to be done. But at least we haven't skidded a set of tires. Um, you know, make sure... About, talking, about, talking about frozen brakes, what about uh, that uh, brake line antifreeze that you see for sale? What that's going to do, uh, that won't uh, that won't uh, prevent the linings from freezing to the drum. What happens is we come into the yard, and you know we've driven, you know the yards off the freeway. So we've we've been going down the road at 60 miles an hour. We've exited the freeway. We've we've used our brakes to get stopped uh, coming off the exit ramp. So the friction has heated up that brake lining and heated up the drum. And then we make a couple more turns and drive down the road and and then we do another brake application to turn into the yard. So that drum is actually quite warm. And then we find a train, you know, we find a uh, parking spot for that trailer and then we back the trailer in and we snap the brakes on and the the uh, shoes go out to the drum. And there's enough moisture and condensation in there. And if we've been running in the snow, there's a little snow in there. And now all of a sudden, they're frozen to that brake drum. And, you know, we might get lucky, or the next guy might get lucky when he hooks up to it, that, uh, you know, just by by backing in and hooking up, he uh, rattles the trailer enough that those shoes break loose. But... Um, we just can't take that take that chance. So you got to mark mark the uh, tire with a tire chalk, and uh, and make sure the wheels are turning before we leave. The brake line antifreeze will take the condensation that's in the braking system, and when I'll, I'll just explain a little bit about the system. When we compress air, it's hot, so it's 10 below zero outside and now we've got hot air in this wet air tank and that's where 
a lot of that moisture condenses. But it doesn't all, you know, the air dryer doesn't take it out all completely and it condenses in that air tank. And that's why it's so very important every, you know, once a week I used to just drain my air tanks and make sure there was no moisture in there. But as moisture gets in the system, it will freeze and uh, this brake line antifreeze, you add it to uh, pour some in the glad hand and uh, it goes through the system and, and uh, helps to prevent that moisture that's in the air in the brake system from freezing and, and causing problems. One thing that we have to be very careful about is to make sure that it is in fact air brake antifreeze. Because back in the good old days when I started drive a truck, we just used methyl hydrate or rubbing alcohol and poured it in there and that was good enough. But uh, there's so many O-rings in these new systems now and the tolerances are so fine that uh, if you use anything other than this brake line antifreeze, it'll actually corrode and eat things and cause more problems down the road. And anybody that owns their own trailer, if you ever mess up that ABS brake valve that controls the air going out to the wheels, it's $1,800 to change that valve. Mm. And we could wreck that valve by just using methyl hydrate instead of the brake line antifreeze. So just tuck that away in your little toolbox that, you know, make sure we're using the right tool for the right job and air brake antifreeze is what's required for for the uh, air brake system. Yeah. Now there is there's one uh, there's an antifreeze that you can put in there to keep it from freezing, and then there isn't there another one that you can put in if it is frozen. Um, I'm getting that confused with anti gel. Uh, you're you might be getting that confused with the anti gel, but great segue, okay. Rick. And um, <laughs> as you come north, um, you know, fuel gelling is a, a horrendous problem. And now that we've got biodiesel, it's even worse. Uh, the, uh, the gel point keeps getting, you know, keeps creeping higher and higher. So if you, uh, I always carry a uh, red bottle of that diesel 911. And I just tuck that away, and that has saved my bacon more times because it's, uh, you know, I run California to Canada, so you leave California, and the fuel's pretty thin, and by the time you get up to northern Utah, it's pretty chilly, and yeah. you get into Idaho, and all of a sudden now the truck's gelled up, and there you sit. Which brings me to my next point is... We need to have a winter kit. Go get yourself a hockey bag and put together something with extra nice big dry socks, uh, winter boots. Make sure you got winter boots because nothing annoyed me more in law enforcement than finding you in the ditch. And, you know, I look at you through the window in my flashlight and you're turning blue and you get out of the truck and you're in a t-shirt, a jean jacket and sneakers and you're wading through the snow. <laughs> so again, you know, Be when prepared. things go bad, absolutely. Cause if things go bad, somebody might not be out to check on you for quite a while and you're going to be real cold and real grateful when that trooper does finally show up. And, you know, worst case, to, worst case scenario, people have frozen to death in vehicles. Yeah. So make sure that you've got warm, dry clothing. And uh, what I did, uh, you know, when I was on the job, I had a go bag and uh, it, had, uh, it had my insulated boots and uh, insulated coveralls. I had mitts. I had my uh, my furry hat, a scarf, extra socks, and uh, a toque, and you know what? all of that was in a bag. What's and in in the fall, what? Sorry. What is a toque? 
Oh, it's uh, kind of a sock for your head. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. I got this. Yep. We don't, we don't, so, we don't call it that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope someday to live somewhere where I don't know what that is either. Well, we, we call, it, yeah. I call it a stocking cap. So yeah, I think okay. yeah, I think you're talking about a stocking cap, but down here in the uh, absolutely in the yep. south, <laughs> same thing. Yep, yeah. same thing. So okay. you know, actually, in I, the fall, can I stop you just for for one second? I we actually have a uh, Kenny Long on the line. He wants to add something to uh, setting your brakes when you're parking. So okay, if we bring him on, absolutely, you bet. Oh, okay. We have Kenny Long from Trucking with Authority. He has a comment for us. Hi, Kenny. How's it going? Hey, Kenny. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. Uh, just listening into your uh, talking about the brakes freezing up on the trailer, and something that I think is bad advice that new drivers might hear, and that is, you'll you'll hear the more experienced drivers start talking about this, but I don't think it's a good habit to get into, and that is when you pull into a parking spot and you're parking for the night, set your tractor brakes and leave your trailer brakes uh, disengaged so they can't freeze to the drum. Now, I think that's bad advice, but I'll tell you why. Most tractors only have one axle with a spring brake, spring actuated parking brake. Now, when you pull off the road and you, you apply, apply the, the pedal to slow down, all five axles are slowing you down. Most trailers have a, a spring parking brake on all four wheel positions thousand pounds and you pull into a parking spot and you pop those tractor brakes throughout the night let's say you draw your curtains and throughout the night you may have your, your air bleed down or you may have uh, if you're on a slight incline and if those that one axle that your uh, parking brake is engaged on happens to be on some icy surface that 80,000 pounds might pull you right down in a little even the slightest little incline so although you t- do take the risk that your trailer brakes may freeze up I still think it's important to set those brakes at night. Yeah. You know what, Kenny, and that's and that's that's great advice. And you know who the worst people are for giving that advice is Canadians, because all our <laughs> tractors. Well, and you know what? I've given that advice, and and uh, when you uh, when you put it into perspective, and and now that I've, I'm doing more, you know, crawling more more American trucks. You're right. Uh, the Canadian trucks all have maxi brakes on both drive axles. Uh, the American trucks tend to uh, only put them on one axle. So, yeah, what I would do is you're you've pulled into that night into the uh, parking spot for for the night. Um, set your tractor brakes. Leave your trailer brakes released while you're doing your paperwork. You're doing your walk around, and just let things cool down and then set your trailer brakes and that might solve you or might save you some aggravation but you're right before you go to bed make sure everything's all locked up because yeah i hate waking up in the middle of a wreck (laughs) okay kenny thank you very much for calling in thanks guys but yeah that was great long from trucking with authority he's got a great show on uh this right Tuesday nights. Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. I always want to say Wednesday. Tuesday nights at 7 p.m., so go check him out. Go ahead, Dale. And, and yeah, thank you very much, Kenny, because that's great advice. Um, you know, for anybody that's on Facebook, we've all seen the Twisted Truckers page and and trucks that have rolled away. And, yeah, there's, uh, there's something we don't ever want to have ourselves featured in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Yeah, let's uh, you know, let's make sure that uh, you've got uh, you're prepared. That if you're uh, you know if you're stranded somewhere, that that you're not going to freeze to death. Um, you know, the days are getting shorter and the nights are getting longer. Uh, another thing I do is uh, my uh, my coat is a high visibility jacket. That's that's what I wear. So my park is a high-vis jacket, and my light jacket is a high-vis jacket, so that when you're out in the dark, you know, it's the old see and be seen. 
So right. never turn our back on the traffic while we're out walking around on our truck and, and looking around. And you know what? Truck stop parking lots are just as dangerous as the freeway because guys are driving around looking for that elusive parking spot right beside the door. And, <laughs> you know, they just might not see you. And the amount of damage that's done in truck stops, um, yeah, just really, really pay attention. And it's darker earlier and make sure everybody can see us. And if you wind up broken down on the side of the highway and uh, now you've got to get out and put out to put out your uh, triangles you know that high visibility jacket could literally save your life yeah. and uh, you know you a lot of carriers are requiring their drivers to wear the vests when they're in their yards it's just easier to put on your jacket because it's cold out now and and uh, yeah anywhere any of the uh, tractor supply or uh, you know any place where you buy your workwear just get yourself a real good quality high visibility winter jacket and uh, be safe and be seen. Yeah. So, you know, we wind up, we're, we're wind up broken down on the side of the road. We got to go out and put out our triangles, you know, put your four way flashers on, get your triangles out and uh, right on the inside of the lid, it'll tell you how far back and in what position to pace, you know, to set them out. So just, pace them out and uh, make sure that they're uh, you give the uh, base a quarter turn so that you've got the four points of contact when you set it down and uh, make sure the lights are clean on the back of the truck and then get off the road because the last thing I want to see or hear about is some driver that you know has been out waiting for a tow truck or waiting for a service call and uh, somebody loses it and takes them out so yeah really really watch what we're doing when we're outside of the truck in the winter time because you know some four-wheeler gets startled or some guy in a truck is busy updating his facebook page and he looks up and you're a stop yeah and and again you know we've all we've all watched the the newscast where we've they've shown the photographer and you know, trucks are driving into each other at highway speed, and yeah, just yeah. be very, very careful. Mm-hmm. And if that service call is going to be a couple hours away, you know what? Every half an hour, I would get out and make sure that my triangles are still upright, and somebody hasn't knocked them over, or the snowplow hasn't come by, and uh, when he's plowing the road and buried them or fired them off into the ditch. Uh, and yeah, make a note on your log that you got out and you checked and that could come back and, and save you in the event of an incident. Um, I took a year off driving and, and did highway maintenance. So I drove a snowplow and it was just, I could never understand why everybody was in a big hurry to pass me when I'm out plowing a highway. Cause what's behind me is plowed ground that's sanded and the best possible driving conditions for the day. And what's in front of me is unplowed road, not sanded, and just not real great conditions. So don't get in a big hurry to pass snow plows. They will pull over and they'll let the traffic by, but you know what? Just remember what's behind them is plowed and sanded and what's in front of them isn't that great or they wouldn't be out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, give them lots give them lots of room while you're working uh, while you're passing them because uh all you know if you hit a crack in a road uh that that snowplow will literally go sideways uh that's why they plow highways at a slower speed than the posted speed limit cuz yeah you pick up a you hit a a piece of ice on the road you hit a crack and that plow will follow that and you'll change lanes and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. So yeah, be real careful around them and be real careful when, uh, you know, when we're coming up on, on scenes where there's tow trucks and people in the ditch, because again, you just don't know when somebody's going to come running out of the ditch 
onto the road in front of you and uh and cause a wreck so we're coming into a into a very challenging time of year and uh, we just got to be on our a game all the time yeah the uh so if any I lost my train of thought. He lost his train of thought. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that, Rick. I was just going to say, you know what? Anybody's got a question or a comment, you know, push one, jump in there, and, uh, and, uh, you know, let us know what you think. I I know what I was going to say. It's just amazing how uh, uh, you can watch these emergency situations out here on the roads, and uh, you'll start slowing down this traffic up here and all of a sudden you have cars and trucks mm-hmm. passing you at, at speed, yep. you know, and it, it, it really is. It's a deadly situation for those poor guys working on the side of the road, you know, whether it's a maintenance situation or, or an actual accident, you know, where people are, are injured and stuff. Well, you know? tell everybody about what we went through this morning and what you had to do for the, uh, for the, for the mechanic. Yeah, we had a, we had a, a tire blow this morning, and uh, was on the side of the road. And it was a real narrow shoulder. I was actually in the in the grass on the other side of the shoulder, and still was almost right up against the road. And uh, so I had to stand. I had to stand there and and watch as the traffic came up. I had my high visibility jacket on, and uh, it was just amazing. These guys would come by in, in trucks, and they would be holding their hands up like, "What do you want me to do?" You know, and they're, you know, what they were doing was they wouldn't slow down so they could go behind a truck. They wouldn't turn their cruise control off. They just kept on coming, and, and they couldn't get over because they were two 65-mile-an-hour trucks side by side. Apparently, they don't have a brake pedal. Yeah. was an issue. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, you know and, it, and it's amazing. And what a terrifying experience, isn't it, Rick? Yeah, it is. When you're out there, you know, and, and you just want to hold a sign up that says, you could be the next one out here on the side of the road. Maybe you got to, you know, show a little uh, courtesy because it is. I mean, a car, it's, it's amazing how fast 55 miles an hour is, and most of the people are doing 70, you know. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, I can honestly say that my best near-death experiences have been outside my patrol unit on the side of a highway. Uh, yeah. You know, I've been shot at, and that was nothing compared to – you know, standing on the side of the highway and watching somebody coming at you sideways. Um, it was just incredible. Every winter, we lost usually two patrol units that oh. were involved in accidents. Uh, they're stopped. They're at an accident scene trying to, trying to you know, get things organized and, and get roads open and get lanes back open. And somebody's not paying attention or somebody's got their crews on and... Yeah, boom, they've taken out a unit. And yeah, when highway conditions are are less than ideal, you don't have cruise control anymore. Shut that oh. off and go back to using your foot and slow down. You see emergency vehicles on the side of the road. You see service vehicles on the side of the road. Slow down. An absolute oh. worst-case scenario you're coming up on an accident. Kick your four-way flashers on, slow down, stop well before the accident. And that gives, you know, give yourself as much room as you can to the vehicles in front of you so that if you do get rear-ended, you've got, it gives some cushion so that you're not shortening up, you know, 16 vehicles in front of you. Yeah. All right, so just so everybody knows, the rule is if there's um, an emergency vehicle or a maintenance vehicle or even just a regular truck or car on the side of the road with their flashers on, if it's safe, move over to the other lane opposite from where they are. And if you can't move over, slow down at least 20 miles an hour. Whatever the speed limit happens to be, slow down at least 20 miles an hour below that if you can't get over. Yeah, and, and great point. And, you know, for, for emergency vehicles, uh, 
yeah, the, the speed to go by them is no faster than 40 miles an hour. Because it's, uh, yeah, it's dangerous enough out there. And, you know, someday that could be your life we're trying to save. So mm-hmm. keep that in mind. Um, you know what? Well, actually, and, I, and again, I didn't know that 40 mile an hour rule. So that, that was a new one on me. Yeah, some of the uh, some of the states have got a law that uh, that uh, 40 is the maximum speed uh, when we're passing emergency vehicles. So yeah, slow down, get over, and and give them room to work. That's uh, that was our slogan. You know, give us room to work. That's all we ask. Yep. And you know, let us come home at the end of our shift in one piece. Yeah. Uh, hey, you know, uh, and, and a, Dale. Yes. Uh, I actually just I actually just got a message from Becky. She wants to say something about uh, drunk driving. Oh yes. Okay, so let's bring Becky on. She has something to say about drunk driving. Whoops, that was the wrong button. Okay, now there we go. Got the right button that time. Hey, Becky, you're on the air. Hey guys. Hi. Yeah, I, I did just, we're, we're starting to get into the season of holiday and parties and Super Bowl and New Year's Eve and Christmas, and just can't stress, uh, stress it enough about, especially when you have a CDL, there is no such thing as really being under the limit. I know Russ and I, if we even have a single drink, and I mean a glass of wine, one beer, whatever we don't drive it's simply not worth mm-hmm. it and last night a longtime friend of russ and his brother uh hit and killed a man here in nakadoshi oh. yep victim was 49 years old so i don't know as far as kids or anything like that um the legal limit is 0.08. He blew a 0.12, nearly one and a half times mm. the legal limit. Wow. So, is this a truck driver? You know, you always think it's not. Uh, no, no, not a truck okay. driver, but um, point still remains. Um, right. You know, people think it's not going to happen to them. Uh, it's, you know, it's, I've only had a few or whatever the excuse is. You just don't know, and you can't go back and take that moment back, ever. So this no, is something sure that can't. this guy will have to live with for the rest of his life. And he's probably facing prison time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Yep. Yeah, that's, that, that incident has changed a lot of lives. And, and Becky, thank you so much for, for bringing that up, because you're absolutely right. We're getting into the holiday season and uh, people are going to go out there and have too much to drink. And, and you're so right. Um, you know, I worked a check stop detail, and uh, you'd pull, pull cars over, pull vehicles in. And how much have you had to drink tonight, sir? Well, I had two beers. Well, is that two cans, two cases, two kegs, two pallets? <laughs> you, you know... <laughs> It's it's a good thing you didn't have three because you'd be dead. So yeah, <laughs> and it's uh, and there there's nothing more heart wrenching and heartbreaking than in the Christmas season to go up and stand at that door with your hat in your hand and ring the doorbell and tell somebody that their loved one is not coming home ever. And you look at the presents under the tree, and yeah, you've just ruined somebody's holiday. Exactly. And I had another friend here not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago, her mother was rear-ended by a drunk driver who was three and a half times the legal limit. Fortunately, you know, she was just battered and bruised, um, no broken bones or anything. She was very lucky. But it's just not worth it. I know um, when we had our ECM stolen, we went to the Mexican restaurant and celebrated with a couple of margaritas. Literally, I live like two blocks from the Mexican restaurant, but I left a $40,000 Jeep Wrangler with the doors off and the the top off, so it's wide open. Can't lock it up because we got everything off of it, 
left it up there um, all night long because I wasn't going to drive it home. Fortunately, the cop that uh, wrote up the stolen ECMs, he was working all night. He said, because I tried to, I said, you know, I'm going to go up here and have a margarita. You need to come and get me later. We all laughed about it. But he kept passing the Jeep. He said, I kept an eye out on it for you. (laughs) But even two blocks, uh, we weren't going to, Russ and I were not going to drive home. You know, not going to do it. No, and and people get me. uh, Sorry, go ahead, Rick. Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, for for uh, drivers holding a CDL, isn't the point zero two, and that is when you're the truck and your personal vehicle or any other vehicle that you're driving yes. at any time. Is that correct? Any time, absolutely. Yeah. If you're if you're driving a golf cart down the street and you've got a CDL in your wallet and you're impaired, you are impaired because you're a professional driver and you know better. And I'm right. here to tell you that point point zero two isn't even one beer. Yeah. So if yeah, you the have guy had that did my test beer, was actually two. He told me it was two drinks. Not that it would matter. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't like yeah. two drinks and then go drive anyways. <laughs> well, and it and you know what? It's funny uh, because we just uh, everybody's so different. Um, when you uh, when you take the intoxilizer course half the class drinks and half the class administers the tests. I don't drink. So I'm passed out before I hit the legal limit. Um, I'm just a blithering idiot at about (laughs) 0.6 and 0.8. I'm passed out. So, (laughs) and it's, uh, yeah, if you've gone out and you've, you've had a few, and you think, well, I'll just sleep it off, and then I'll I'll go to work. Um, you know, a real good friend of mine had a, was at an office party, and she slept at the office for eight hours, and got up and thought she was okay, and and got caught three blocks from home, and and lost her license for a year because she mm-hmm. was she was still over the limit. Wow. So it's just it's just not worth it. You know, enjoy the holidays. Thanksgiving's coming up. And, uh, you know, enjoy the holidays, but protect your livelihood. Because, again, if you've, if you've got a DWI on your record, not a lot of carriers are in a big hurry to hire you. So now you've got to decide. Yeah. And, you know, do you really want to sit there at the window and ask them if they want their next order supersized, or do you want to go back driving? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Okay, uh, we got about two minutes left in the show. Anything you want to finish up with before we uh, end the show? You know what? I, I just want to uh, thank you guys. And, Becky, thank you so much for all the stuff you do behind the scenes that nobody ever nobody ever sees about. And, and hug that poor black dog. And I, I feel poor <laughs> Bailey's pain. And, yeah, He's to everybody to listening. Walk, so. <laughs> you know, to everybody listening, just please stay safe. And, uh, you know, let's go through this winter season unscathed and, uh, anything I can ever do, find me on Facebook, uh, Dale Howard on Twitter, reach out through Rick and Melissa and they'll get a hold of me and, uh, yeah, just stay safe and stay seen. All right. Okay. Thank you, Dale. And we'll be looking forward to the next show. Yeah. Next month we're, we're going to be doing another combined show. Uh, we'll keep the topic a surprise, but we will be doing another one uh, in a month. Thanks, Dale. Thank you so very much. And Sorry about that. Okay. Uh, so we would like to thank everyone for listening. We record every Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern. To catch a live recording, call 319-527-6094. And remember to check out our Facebook page. You can... You can like our page. If you are an experienced driver, please share our show and the Facebook page with new drivers and experienced drivers alike so we can get the word out. You can also reach us through Let's Truck at 855-800-FUEL or email support at letstruck.com. I want to tell you about all the other podcasts. Uh, We have some 
good podcasts on the network. We have tomorrow night, Rolling Toe with Mike and Kevin Beckett at 9 p.m. Eastern. Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern is Kenny Long, Trucking with Authority. Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern, Rico Muhammad records Rates and Lanes. And 1 p.m. on Wednesday is Destination House with Kim Cockerham and Kevin Rutherford. Please check out all the podcasts because education is extremely important. To be reminded about the podcast, text LISTEN to 99,000 for the U.S. and 76,000 for Canada. We would like to close the show with a quote from one of our favorite best-selling authors, Larry Wiggins. Love what you do enough to become excellent at it. Otherwise, you don't. Good night, everyone. We hope you'll join us next week, Saturday at 8 p.m. Mm-hmm.